0: Difficult to keep the line between the past and the present. Do you believe that someone out of the past can enter and take possession of a living being? We may be through with the past, but the past is not through with us. Welcome back to the Next Picture Show, a movie of the week podcast devoted to a classic film, and the way it shaped our thoughts on a recent release. I'm Scott Tobias here again with Keith Giffips
1: and Genevieve Kosky.
0: Last week, we discussed Jerry Maguire, Cameron Crowe's romantic drama about an idealistic sports agent who tries to reshape his life around the fortunes of a single client. This week, the romance is gone, but the sports business ambition remains the same. In Ben Affleck's Air, Matt Damon stars as Sonny Vaccaro, a basketball scout for the shoe company Nike in 1984. At the time, Nike was known mostly as a supplier of quality running shoes, having conceded the bulk of the basketball market to Converse and Adidas. But rather than spread the company's measly $250,000 budget among three random draft picks that likely won't pan out, Focaro becomes absolutely convinced that the number three pick in the draft, a small forward from North Carolina named Michael Jordan, is a superstar in the making. He wants Nike to go all in on Jordan, but he needs to persuade two very skeptical people first, his boss Phil Knight, played by Affleck, and Jordan's mother Dolores, played by Viola Davis. Jordan himself loves Adidas, for one, and Nike's are aesthetically uncool. Air is about a moment of superstar branding so spectacular that it altered the culture forever.
2: 1984
0: has been a tough year. Our sales are down, our growth is down. Sonny,
2: I brought you in here to grow the basketball business.
1: People don't know what the hell a Nike is. What's a converse? NBA all-star shoe.
2: There's nothing cool about Nike. You would have to have a pretty compelling pitch. I can tell them the one thing the other companies can't compete with. Our basketball division is terrible. I do not love it. This is where you come up
0: with a brilliant idea that no one else can see. Let's hear it.
2: (laughs) I got it. I found him. Who's that, Jesus? Can't afford it. I'm willing to bet my career on one guy. My name's Sonny Vaccaro, I'm with Nike. Do you
1: typically make it a habit of showing up at people's front doors unannounced?
2: I don't like to take no for an answer. Oh, man, here we go. You ask me what I do here, this is what I do. I find you players, and I feel it this time. Yeah, okay, it's risky. When you were selling sneakers out of the back of your Plymouth, that was risky. Don't change that now. For a rookie yes, who's never set foot on an NBA court. That's the literal definition of rookie.
0: What did everyone think of the movie Air by Ben Affleck?
2: Air by Ben Affleck. <laughs> it, makes it sound like a, it it <laughs> like a, uh, a Cologne or something.
1: Air, Air Affleck. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I liked perfume. it. I was,
2: I, I was very, I was very entertained, uh, and 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 you know, you know, I found myself. Uh, quite drawn on into this film, and, and as with Jerry Maguire into a world I, you know, I've never really understood, you know, sports agents or or uh, shoe companies, and and I, I like films that kind of bring you the inner workings of of these of these places I I, I would never otherwise see, and 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 it's an interesting story. I, yeah, I was I was into it.
1: Yeah, I, I mostly liked it too. Uh, I I definitely appreciated how it managed to create some tension around a story with a very known outcome, which is uh, kind of always a uh, a hurdle that, based on a true story, uh, movies need need to. Uh, get past. I do want to briefly touch on the opening and closing montages of this uh-huh. film because I think one works very well and one drives me nuts. Would you guys like to like to guess which which is which?
0: <laughs> Wait, which was the closing one again?
1: The kind of standard uh, based on a true now standard based on a true story <laughs> yeah. thing where you get pictures of the real person next oh, to no, the actor the who played them yeah. and you that's, know yes, lots of never good, lots no. of text on screen telling you, you what it's happened so, wait so, are, you,
2: are you but wait are you are you gonna surprise us by saying you like that part and did not like the opening <laughs> montage uh
1: no you know no uh no no, no surprises here I, I did not care for that ending. i mean i'm not like overly upset about it like i said it's kind of par for the course uh with this kind of movie at, at this point it, it more just kind of makes me roll my eyes than than anything yeah, but I did like the opening montage, like the sort of pop culture, like money for nothing uh, montage. You know where it's it's not just like t- establishing the time period we're in, which it does do very very well. <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> but it also uh, kind of establishes the you know major motif of this film, which is branding branding and marketing, mm-hmm. which, you know, kind of exploded in the 1980s with, with MTV and cable and all these other factors. And I think that montage combined with that song is just like kind of a really good table setting for the the story that is to come and kind of keys you into what the movie is interested in beyond just getting to that known outcome.
2: Yeah, I, I like that reading of it a lot, Jenny, because like I, I like that montage, too. But I was thinking, why, why is this working when it really is just the most obvious signifiers <laughs> of 1984 <laughs> right. with the most obvious song to use? But well, you're right. It is it is kind of all of a piece with what the film is trying to do. That's, that's, uh, that's nicely put.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I actually had the exact same thought as Keith. I like it more now after after hearing what you talk about. <laughs> about the brand, it being about branding. Because of me, to me, I was just like, okay, you're just showing me a bunch of stuff that happened in the culture in 1984. I, I know that it takes place in 1984 without having to see the, the highlights. Uh, that that have been uh, cut and pasted from the you know whatever Rick, Wikipedia research you did to, to call it up, but like, <laughs> but like, it, yeah, so it felt like kind of just like a way to establish the year. But I think, as you say, it's about more than that. And um, now it works a lot, more, a lot better for me. And also gave me the thought like. Do we have as much going on now like is, are we like really way more limited in in, in our kind of mass cultural inputs cuz like just, I think we are It's
2: fractured. There's there's
1: less of yeah, a mo- there's no a monoculture, monoculture anymore. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a monoculture except, montage <laughs> except
0: it's like I mean it's like it's, okay, this is a completely different discussion but we're going of way like, off track if we if way we go off down track. This but, road, is, but, <laughs> but there is a thought it's like but but watching just that montage had me thinking like uh, did have me thinking about the way we receive Culture and the, and the, how there there actually there are things that where there is a huge monoculture, but then a lot of other things that we don't come together on at all. So anyway, to get <laughs> back into the film, here's the thing about it: it's so entertaining, well performed, dialogue really pops. It's a it's a kind of story that you know I I love I love I love business stories you know and of course it, even with the kind of outcome that we know how it all happened is you know and it, it does give you those you know you do get those kind of like eureka moments where it's like ah they're figuring it out they're gonna pay the fine on the shoes that are gonna look mm-hmm. differently than all the other shoes it's gonna be awesome but what did what i didn't think about until leaving the theater and sitting down to write the review is like what did i just root for <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, like like a bunch of kind of like guys who are either pretty well to do or extremely <laughs> well to do getting just insanely rich <laughs> off of these off of, off of tennis shoes
1: i mean scott we've, we've been here before you enjoy stories about gambling and this is a story about gambling it's okay. it's it's, okay. it's it's sports betting even you know yeah, <laughs> most, of the,
0: most of the films i like about gambling they are a bunch of losers
1: <laughs> you know? yeah but uh, You know, to kind of bring it back to this movie, you know, establishing its themes and motifs early, like one of the very first shots of Sonny is going to Vegas and, Mm -hmm. you know, placing a big bet. And that is essentially what this whole movie is about him doing, placing a, a really big bet and ultimately winning, but... I think maybe what you and we are responding to is just sort of the excitement of watching that bet play out mm-hmm. and, and and winning, you know, and the energy of that allows you to maybe uh, remove yourself from the kind of rich get richer element. Of- yeah.
0: Well, one thing that I like that the film did with the Jason Bateman character mm-hmm. was kind of remind us that Sonny Vaccaro in this movie is not... This is not entirely his bet to make. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a gamble that, that, he's, that he's taking yeah. on every taking for everybody. You know this this is a character Jason Bateman who the who is kind of running the ba- basketball operations. If this, if this gamble fails, this piece of Nike that already is a marginal piece of the business may go away forever. in, in this quite contented life that the Bateman character is leading, in what beaverton oregon or wherever that is that isn't that uh... but it's
1: not it's not a contented life he's uh, he, he's giving up sunday or saturday with his no, daughter but, but, uh, and if he loses his job he he's gonna have to buy the shoes himself to make her love him you know
0: um <laughs> yeah so, so yeah.
1: but i agree with you with your, your this, point generally i yeah, just this, this, like this, i this. i did really like that scene and how it put very human stakes on this uh, story yeah, about because a the other part of it is superstar. like you
0: know, you know, like Phil Knight will have to answer to the shareholders. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, okay, too, tough, tough business. They're not going to take away your your uh, purple Porsche or whatever for that. Um, mm-hmm. You'll be fine. You'll be fine, Phil Knight. Um, <laughs> and he was, and he had a kid who made made. Uh, that animated film that we liked. What was that? Kubo called? and the
2: Two Strings, and he Very made yeah. uh, Bumblebee, which is a, a, a st- easy-to-stomach Transformers film that's actually pretty yeah. fun. And he had a rap album, too, <laughs> but we don't talk about that.
0: <laughs> we're, we're gonna, uh, we, have to, we have to have, like, a... We we're, just, we were always making little spin-off podcasts, Keith and I, where we just trail off <laughs> to, re- <laughs> to connect to BPS v- yeah, bullshit. Um, anyway, we're focusing here, focusing on the film. So so what, what of course, really brought the film... To life for me though is that that the is when Viola Davis Mm -hmm. kind of pops up as Dolores Jordan. I think it's I I think it's a really well written character. I think the performance is incredible. Kind of a reminder of how just how how you know next level an actress she she is. You know it's, it's a simple enough role, but like she gives there's just so much you know complexity in the way that she's kind of negotiating this as somebody who is quite shrewd but also loving and protective of her son. In those two elements. You know, being pieces of the negotiation that that Sonny reads properly. I mean, I you know, I think he understands that. I mean, that's the key to the sale is is them seeing Michael Michael in the same way. But I, but getting that from her end was such an important kind of humanizing aspect of the film.
1: And to kind of go back to the you know slight discomfort you voiced about like what did I just watch you know or what 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 am I rooting for here like you know her digging in to negotiate for, for points on the back end of, of this branding <laughs> deal. Like like that is a big deal, you know, to the future of of athletes, pretty pretty much. You know, you're, you're rod tidwells. Yeah. Um so oh, that, I mean like, that
0: was so great. It was it, the way she presented it. just almost like it was some sort of clerical error. Yeah, I'm sure you, it was. Yeah, just just a, just a, just such a just small, small thing.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: this is a small, yeah. th- It's a piece of every shoe that he's that gets sold. <laughs> yeah. Uh. That, the, I, yeah. But I she's right. She's absolutely that. right. You know, it is an important moment in not just in in branding history and shoe history, but in, in terms of um of, of just sort of the the athlete empowerment, uh, which mm-hmm. is something that that is constantly fought over and has. Uh, you know in in every sport but it's something it, but it's an evolution that we've that we, we we've seen and that that was maybe you know this was maybe kind of that big bang moment of where like athletes can have a piece of of the biggest pie uh not just you know the the uh you know contract they're given and they're not they they have the ability to move around. I mean, Michael Jordan didn't move around. He stayed with the Bulls, and I guess retired with the Wizards. But like you know, the the idea that the athletes are drafted by a team, you know, and they have to stay with them, and and uh, you know they're pilloried if they don't. And and you know, just you know, just to have that kind of freedom of movement, to, to be able to hold a power that is that is supposed to belong to owners uh companies like nike etc to have a piece of that action um is important as well so uh it, it was exciting and it was a nicely the way it's kind of tucked into this movie i i assume this i don't know if it's true to life or not but but it, it's certainly dramatically effective
2: it also is, it comes like after you know you, you think you've you're at the climax of the movie and you are but but there's like this one well just little <laughs> dramatic twist yeah, just in, one in, more in, thing that, yeah, it's a very, very Colombo, you're right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, like, because it's so effective, I think that contributed to my annoyance over the, uh, you know, now now the real-life footage of Jordan talking about his mom at the, I don't even know where it was, oh ESPYs or it, something. It, no, that,
0: that was a Hall of Fame <laughs> speech, which was, oh, like, oh, yeah. the, the most notorious, it was notorious for, I mean, that part of the speech was not the relevant part of the speech. I mean, if that that, that yeah. speech is famously reflective of Jordan's worst aspects of his like competitive nature of his like never ending beefs with everybody really? who got at him. I mean, it was just like, you know, and then the crying Jordan meme came out of that as well. I believe it was like the thing about his mom. It's just like that's a that's a normal piece of that speech. The everything else about the what gets remembered about that speech is not anything he says about his mother anyway oh, that's more.
1: that's very interesting context i i was just uh, uh, annoyed by a place next to the more effective fictionalized version but knowing oh, that I it's was, kind of even I more was obnoxious I was LOLing
0: my way out of the theater Genevieve <laughs> I was LOLing I was like alright yeah, know that, uh, that important part of the Hall of Fame speech <laughs> yeah, that, yeah.
2: I'll tell you one thing that annoyed me that that, that, that I thought was uh, thankfully is pretty much confined to the beginning of the film but but there's uh, several lines the equivalent of the, uh, the, the this, this Picasso will oh, never amount I... to anything for Titanic <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, no one yeah. wants to see Charles Barkley <laughs> on television and you know, everyone <laughs> oh, in the audience oh
0: Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, This film, it does it more than once, doesn't it? Like, where where it's just like, okay. But it's
2: pretty early on. They kind of forget about that after a while.
0: Well, at least I think there is some acknowledgement that Barkley's going to be a thing. You know, Mm -hmm. at least they did see something in Barkley that was uh, definitely one of those moments, for sure. And uh, and it doesn't get worse than the Titanic moment, but uh, (laughs) that's pretty bad. Is there a thing, though, here... Again, when I, when I'm, when I'm back home after seeing air and having a good time with air and asking myself questions and interrogating myself about, (laughs) I mean, is there, is there something to the fact that we just, we just don't see movies like this in a theater very often anymore? (laughs) Is there something just enticing that it's just kind of a good movie? That. Yeah, because I don't think it's I
2: don't think it's a great movie. You know, to get ahead, I, I think Jerry Maguire is a much much you know uh, complex and interesting movie than this in a lot of ways. But I did I really like it, and and I'm really happy. This is getting beyond the scope of like talking about the film itself. I'm happy that Amazon seems to be interested in putting money behind putting movies in theaters, promoted this, and it did pretty well. You know, and 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 um, I, I I I like that there was an alternative to Super Mario Brothers last weekend if you didn't want to see that. I uh, was um, at the concession stand before this, and the guy was like making small talks. Like, what do you see in Super Mario Bros.? Like, no, I- I'm saying see- I said I'm seeing airs. Like, oh, yeah, everyone's seen either Super Mario Bros. or air. But, <laughs> well, maybe throw a few more choices in there, and you have sort of a healthier, theater growing environment.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's nice, but also, like, this is a movie that is trading in a known quantity, you know, it's not a, a- Jerry Maguire, like, original from the ground-up story, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And, I mean, it's definitely interesting that it tells the story without really making Jordan himself a character, even though it gives us a, a very effective surrogate in his mother. But, you know, like, my husband, who is just a massive Bulls fan, grew up loving the Bulls in the 90s, so Jordan means a lot to him. Like, he saw this movie because of the jordan thing you know like i don't know if if it was a completely original story if it would necessarily have the same draw i don't know maybe i'm being a little cynical there no
0: right i mean it's kind of i mean uh, it it has a hook and the fact is that it Mm -hmm. is about a triumph of branding yeah. <laughs> like, you know okay i mean it's, it's not that far away from you know uh, Mario as, Brothers. uh right i was just thinking about like uh again a simpsons line about like uh pride not no not that far from shame um it's like it's it's kind of like that it's like well it's not that far removed from what you know i mean it's about a, a brand um and a uh, successful brand and, and how, how uh it's led to this uh Glorious world we live in now, uh, where everybody has, <laughs> where all all kinds of athletes have shoes, and everyone's making billions off of them, uh, <laughs> and selling them for three hundred dollars or whatever. It's fine, but again, you know these are baby steps. But you know this is a ultimately, a, a, you know Ben Affleck is a solid craftsman. I mean the the films that he's made to date, you know I mean, Gone Baby Gone and in, in in the town and Argo. I mean these are these are just these are good films. These are just good. Films. These are solid, well crafted, you know, fairly unpretentious films that where where a lot of attention is given to the acting, which is something I think you expect expect from from an actor turned director. So he gets good performances. You know, I think he's got. I think there's a good sense of humor. That animates his film, particularly in uh, with chris messina who who plays jordan's agent who really really hates <laughs> that sonny vaccaro is kind of having to go around him in order to get the shoe deal that he wants to to get and all uh, that leads to a lot of fu- funny nasty new york agent stuff it just it pops and it's and it pops in a way that is that feels modest and on a human level you know and maybe that's making too much a virtue out of out of the bare damn minimum that we should expect to see from a movie every once in a while. But it was still kind of refreshing to just mm-hmm. to, to sit down and see air and be have a satisfying good old time with the movies.
1: Yeah. is a good word for it. I went in yeah, knowing I, what to expect and more or less got it.
0: Yeah. And I like the I like the shoe technology too. That part of mm-hmm. it was cool. The little shoe lab. Mm-hmm. I was like yeah. thinking down there down there in the basement thinking about, thinking about nothing but basketball shoes and now finally he gets his chance yeah marge's time to show it i can't i can't can't, it's all simpsons references um
2: matthew mayor i really like that performance um yeah that was really fun you saw, I don't think he's, he's been in tons of stuff. He's done a lot of, he's, he's a, he's a mostly, I mean, he's been in a lot of movies. I think he's probably better known for New York theatrical scene, but he's in like Captain Marvel. He had a big part in Funny Pages. But he's the artist that, that he gets obsessed with. So.
1: He was also in Gone Baby Gone. He was in Jersey Girl. So he, clearly he and Affleck, uh go back.
2: <laughs> and Kevin Smith too. He's been Kevin, yeah. on some bunch of Kevin Smith stuff. So, and, and Bringing Out the Dead, you know, he's, he's, he's been around. Yeah, he's good. I, I, um, he's not a bad performance in this either. Like, you know, I, I, he's good. I don't remember the last time. I haven't. Don't think I've seen Chris Tucker or anything in a while. It was, it was fun. Yeah, to
1: see he was really surprising in a good way.
2: Yeah, and I, I like Affleck, <laughs> Cassie, like he didn't direct. You know, the last duel, but you know, he played a part in it. Like he, he writes parts for himself as, as the kind of like as, as sort of, I don't mean, know how you describe it. Like the people who. Have like sort of delusions about, about their greatness, or or I don't, I'm not quite, but that's not even really necessarily true. Because Phil Knight is, you know, has a lot of accomplishments, but I don't know, it's, it's a very fun performance uh, as Phil Knight is like not entirely flattering, but he really puts his best feet forward. I'm uh, saying oh, I love it.
0: Oh my God.
2: <laughs> There's a moment when Damon Sonny Vaccaro says like like the old Nike days, and like he doesn't say anything, but like the little, like, Micro change in his expression. Real, you realize how much this kind of like connects to Phil Knight and how it like kind of hurts him to think that things have drifted from from the old Nike days to I don't know. It's 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 good work.
0: He's good. I, I mean, I I you can't you can't do better than Affleck in the last duel. That that is yeah. when the film just like oh okay this is going to be an awesome this he's gonna he's bringing this thing to a whole new unexpected level. Ah oh, man, that was a great. Kind of chance. He, there was one that he was, you know, kind of involved in a, in a much bigger way than acting. You know. Ah, uh, but uh, but it is a nice it's a nice part that he gives himself. I mean, that, and that really helps the film as well. I mean, it just it's one of those just kind of top to bottom where the where the performances are really strong and and, and um, give this film uh, you know kind of all the all the juice that it needs.
1: I mean, we haven't really talked about Damon much much at all, which is I mean, it's. It's an unassuming performance. Yeah, the human
0: kind of that uh, informant role uh, mode in terms of just say, at least his, his kind of like body type, he kind of going uh-huh. back into that kind of like you know midwestern guy frame. I guess this is you know northwestern, Pacific northwestern frame of yeah. a guy who's got he's got his uh, pager that sort of that that extends out just a little bit from his gonna beer gut. You know, I just I, yeah. I, I that's,
1: that's it. he's a talker who is convincing but not necessarily like inspiring in the way that like phil knight is attempting to be like there's that funny exchange like is this, is this going to end up with you giving me some like buddhist saying or, or something mm-hmm. y- you know like there's like sunny as a character is just portrayed as like very down to earth i guess and damon just does a really good job making that feel real
0: i mean this will kind of figure into the the next piece of our discussion but but i think there's an earnestness to him in the right moment that sells what he's trying to sell which is which is there's a sincerity you know in in the scene where he where they finally get the jordans to come out to the office and give give the presentation the presentation really connects when it's just like let's let's put away all the ad agency crap and just tell you exactly what's going on And, and, and you really with this this idea of someone who is not just is not taking a reckless gamble but a gamble that is is based on you know the the this research that he's done this insight that he has
2: a legwork he,
0: he's done the legwork he watches the tape he he, he sees a moment he reco- he understands like a, a a certain dynamic a thing that's happening he's doing a, the job of a scout and and sees mm-hmm. something um that other people who have been watching the same person don't see, you know, this he see a, a superstar potential, and, and, and that's a potential that he could truly t- that Sonny Vicaro himself can truly take credit for. Because, you know, I mean, number three in the draft, I mean, that's a very high, <laughs> that's a very, very high pick. And the number one person, the number one guy in the draft was Hakeem Olajuwon, who was himself a Hall of Fame level transformative player, phenomenal player. Number two, Simbo, not so much, but like, but, but clearly. Nobody saw, you know, if people knew Michael Jordan was going to be Michael Jordan, he would have been picked number one. <laughs> you know, he'd be uh, there would be no, you know, uh, with respect to Elijah one, you know, Michael Jordan was Michael Jordan. So he had to be devalued in some way. He had to be seen as, you know, the, you know, a very good NBA prospect, but maybe not one of the greatest, if not the greatest player ever. And so there's a, so it's a credit to that credit to that vision of having the, the uh, conviction to sell that. You know and to sell it in a way that that is authentic and convincing. I think that that really kind of gives the the film a boost and it, and it really kind of syncs up emotionally with the Viola Davis character in you know, Dolores mm-hmm. and her and her idea of what her son's capabilities are as well,
1: yeah. And obviously, I couldn't help thinking of Marcy and Rod and the relationship between uh Dolores and her son. So uh maybe that is our our cue maybe that's our segment. Yeah, yeah i mean there's,
0: there's a there's a lot of connections here <laughs> besides jay moore uh, so so we're, good, we're, we're gonna cut up it, it, it don't worry we're gonna we're gonna you know we're gonna just talk about jay moore in the next segment but we are we will be back uh with connections
2: hello hey where the hell are you North Carolina, God damn it, Sonny, what happened to a phone call?
0: I'm calling you now, I'm in the car. The rental car has a phone in it.
2: it not me, the parents.
0: It would have been unprofessional for me to just call them up. Right, so you just thought you'd show up at the front door. Look, if anybody back there has to where I am, just tell them I'm sick. You got it, sick in the head. Now it's time for connections when we bring these two films together and talk about all the things they have and come in common, I'll get again. Jay Moore, Jay Moore isn't both. Of
1: them.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, but but I, like,
1: I have to say, I did not even recognize Jay Moore. Yeah, yeah I had to ask you afterwards, like who like uh, uh,
2: <laughs> And I was saved from the embarrassment of doing that by 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 you asking him, and not mentioning it. So
0: he's, he's somewhat larger and has in not as much hair as he had uh, in Jerry Maguire. He is uh, also in real life uh, the fiance of Los Angeles Lakers owner genie bus hmm. is that exciting what come on yeah. i'm gonna blow your mind with this stuff I've never it's seen... all about basketball I've never, seen look... I've never seen keith look this unimpressed i thought i was <laughs> no
2: no <it's... laughs> that's cool i think i've, I've, I've seen,
1: seen him look less impressed don't sell yourself short
2: scott well i, I just read <laughs> i was just reading his wikipedia page so i kind of already knew that but uh,
1: this is, this no,
0: is, uh... Oh, oh scott wow you blowing my mind this is i guess his third or her
2: third we really are just making this about jay moore aren't we australian okay. <laughs> okay uh it's his third marriage uh he was previously married to nicole chamberlain don't know who that is and nikki cox yes now that we know
1: all right well to well to bring to bring it back around i i uh, or, or, or maybe I'll, I'll i'll attempt to to gracefully uh segue us here i i think uh the two jay moores in in these movies like those characters are not related but i think the Jay Moore character in Jerry Maguire feels very similar to the Chris Messina character in Air, just as sort of the the antagonist to our, our protagonist. I, I think david falk chris messina's character is maybe a little more nuanced in his antagonism of of sunny than uh jay moore's character and jay mcguire which just seems like full-on twerp
0: i think it's you know his motives are much more understandable of just like okay we you know I'm, I'm the guy who you go through for business i am the agent you cannot this is breaking protocol to kind of go around and talk and talk to my client's mother that's not something that's Done. And so I think there's kind of I think that's a much different thing than just being state a snake, <laughs> you know, and in betraying the guy who you know was your mentor and all that other stuff. And there's just there's there's kind of an underdeemable oiliness to Jay Moore's character in Jerry Maguire, whereas I, I think by the end I of air I think we just we see the agent as just kind of, ah, this character, you know, this kind of rascally
1: He's he's someone unlike Jerry who is okay being alone. That's like like his whole ending montage thing is him like eating alone at the restaurant and, and being he's, he's, he sold his company, got rich and he's alone and he's fine with that. Kind of kind of a fun house mirror of Jerry Maguire in a way.
2: I did look at the real David Falk is 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 married, though. So, you oh, know,
1: good for him. He's he's yeah. he's got the Quan.
2: <laughs>
0: oh so but, are, we uh, done with the, are we done with the jay moore part of this jerry yeah. we haven't talked about his character in air. <laughs>
1: because because his character in air doesn't have a a corollary in jerry Maguire, but a lot of other characters in air do have sort of one one-to-one
0: like uh, like, who? Uh, like who like Jenny <laughs>
1: <laughs> well you tell me scott i already did one
0: okay so how about how about jerry and sunny
1: oh yeah the two protagonists yeah they are kind of similar aren't they
0: they're <laughs> similar in the sense that they're both Guys who are or sort of clinging to one client who is going to take them all the way. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know that they, they are staking their fortunes on one guy, uh, and uh, if that's if this if this one thing doesn't happen, uh, this one unlikely thing. I mean, it's very unlikely that Jordan is going to sign with Nike, and it's unlikely that Rod Tidwell is going to be the guy who's going to make who's going to bring jerry the kind of success that that he needs for him to operate the way he wants to operate so so those those things those unlikely things have to happen you know they're also kind of representative you know of of, they also have a kind of idealism and conviction a confidence in 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 themselves that that, that they're pursuing you know uh, this vision in a a, a clear-minded way at least the business side of things jerry has this has this breakthrough, uh, through this uh, mission statement that he that he's trying to follow through with this venture, this relationship that he has with Rod, and uh, it, it Sonny Sunny is is um, willing to take a, a gamble, but a gamble that that's based on a true belief and co- conviction, and in, in, in you know uh, that that he sees something other people don't see. Uh, so those those are two for sure that are are close. The other ones that really connect for me are are Marcy and, and Dolores, right? <laughs> Because these these are the these are the women behind the men. these are the these are the women that are doing that are lo- looking out for these athletes who are doing the negotiating, who are leading the negotiating for them that are who are driving a hard hard bargain, but and who also of course care very much about them. You know, who, uh, as uh, in one case as a, as a wife and as a, another as a mother.
2: Yeah, the 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 love for these they have for the characters, respective characters. Wrapped up with a desire for the success. It, it's, it's, you know, there's a really direct parallel there. But I think in both performances, you really get a sense that the love comes first, that that that, that looking after the financial interests of their son or her husband is obviously about, you know, we'll come back to it. It is about the money, but it's about much more than the money, too.
1: It's not coming from the same place as Kelly Preston's uh, character in, in Jerry Maguire. You know, there's right. a, there's a love and a belief, a genuine belief in them uh, behind it.
2: And a genuine belief think... and a desire for the the world to have the respect for the, mm-hmm. the, the 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 these people that they that they deserve and that they have for them as well.
1: Yeah, and I guess the the last sort of obvious sort of one to one character comparison, although they are actually very different characters in these two movies is rod and michael uh who maybe have the the biggest differential in terms of lines <laughs> spoken <laughs> in, in in each film
0: i don't think uh, the, and, i don't think the guy who who is sort of the body and silhouette of michael jordan is going to win best
2: supporting and actor. delano young yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, i think it's a in some way i mostly think it's a really smart choice not to dramatize michael jordan but in, the, like, the meeting scene, it kind of tr- just turns into, like, the beginning of the second Austin Powers movie, <laughs> where it's like, how, how many ways can we hide this thing you're yeah. not supposed to see, you know? Or, or Yeah, so uh, it gets it gets a little absurd at that point, but it, it works, so, and, like, it really makes sense not to try to depict in any way that this is very famous person you're going to get it wrong uh, based on on the, the michael jordan we all know but also the actual michael jordan is kind of beside the point in some ways
1: right and this is like the very beginning of his career and it's it's kind of interesting the sort of hints we get of his immaturity and you know how, how without dolores you know he he'd Well, he got his Mercedes-Benz anyway, but, you know, like, that, Mm -hmm. you know, he like he liked Adidas because they look cool, you know, and they were cool. And he he wanted the car. And there's just sort of this suggestion, not entirely unlike Rod, uh, although we definitely get the sense that there is more to Rod with that uh, whole Kwan exchange. But like at, at a surface level they are kind of at first portrayed as two men who are you know have superficial concerns first first and foremost and with rod that gets excavated and complicated and it never really does with michael or if it does it does via dolores
0: yeah though no, even even at the beginning with rod even even in the show I mean the money scene we get a sense of like oh he's got to cut his house is it's done lavish it's got ants ants all over the place it's Mm -hmm. falling apart you know i mean he he is i mean there are there are obviously completely different stages of their lives uh uh, michael jordan still very young still wanting the things that young people want but not this but not knowing what it means to be an adult you know living on your own having having a a mortgage and a family and all the other things that will kind of come along later you know as you as you grow older and, and all of these things kind of attach themselves, you know, you become your life grows a lot more complicated so, and of course, yeah, I I highly respect the choice to keep anyone from, like, depicting Michael Jordan in the movie, I mean, I can't imagine how many of those conversations would go, it would just seem very redundant, almost to even have him there, it would kind of take away from the, the power that uh, Dolores has in in the film and really ruined, uh, you know, the 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 or uh, dilute the the power of that relationship between Doris and Sonny. So uh, it works despite the awkwardness of that one scene. I think that you're right. The scene when when you, they kind of finally come out, you know, in a normal movie, you at least get a reaction shot of of Michael, but but uh, you know. And it also kind of makes him. I think maybe Jordan himself, if he, were to see, if he were to see this movie, would be like, "No, I wasn't an idiot. I was a part of. I, I can, you know, I was part of making these decisions as well. Like, I, you know, I wasn't entirely my mother doing everything for me. But in, in any case, uh, it's it's still a good decision on the movie's part. And I, and I think I think we 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 were really kind of like scrambling, not scrambling. We were thinking of, of movies that that air would pair up with well. And I I do I do think. The more casting is kind of a wink, but I think there is a lot surely Baffleck was thinking of the of, of this movie the other kind of big piece of this is the capitalist slice of it of the, the branding the business of sports because that's, that's that's kind of a difference maker here I mean we we have so many movies uh that are inspirational sports movies that that were, were, with big game endings and things like that and 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 they're all about triumph the triumphs on the field these two movies are not about that
1: well i mean jerry mcguire does have a big triumph on the f- field and but it is directly connected to uh rod's monetary value as a as a player in the contract he'll get you know it
0: stakes just... to that moment though it's not like you know yeah. it's not like it's not a movie about rod winning a championship or or, mm-hmm. or a, you know an underdog team sports team getting it all together and you know doing something great uh i mean he even knows when this occurs this we just know it's a big monday night football game i really think more than that yeah
2: it's, but you know, we do. It's around Christmas. It's, it's, uh, it's a uh, key as to whether or not the Cardinals will make the playoffs for the first time. Ooh, you're right. Yeah. It's a lot riding on this game, Scott.
0: Plus, but that you're making the playoffs for the first time, you know, we're probably not going to go that far in the playoffs. You just said you're just, you're just developing. Anyway, uh, but that's not what the movie's about. And, and, uh, and these are movies that are about the business of, of sports and, and, and using kind of some of that, some of those inspirational sports moments to deliver that, the, the, thrills of the uh, of uh of you know of capitalism the thr- thrills of, Brandon, <laughs> of, of, of the ledger the thrills of the ledger book or something
1: yeah i mean you kind of need that element so that it doesn't make you feel dirty and i think like i, I in a way i kind of respect air for not going too hard on the inspirational sports movie element or you know, like it has a a little bit of it with the whole like before you put it on, it's just a shoe. I I forget the exact phrasing, but like it becomes more than a shoe when when someone puts it on. Like there's some some there's some poetry happening in the, you know, the the sales that, you know, that's kind of alluding to something more than the almighty dollar motivating these characters. But not that much. You know, it is like at the end of the day, like it's a it's a business story, not a sports story, whereas Jerry Maguire is like very openly trying to be more about more than just the money, you know, like it it, it opens with show me the money and then spends the rest of the movie kind of complicating the idea that all you need is money to be happy And, you know, obviously there's this whole other half of the movie with the the romance in in Jerry Maguire that we have pretty much none of in air to the extent that we do have any of that uh, sort of feeling, I guess it comes through like via Michael's family and like maybe a little bit the Jason Bateman character. But like Sonny as a character is just like, like it's, you know, there's not a lot of interior life there outside of this this deal that that you know like the 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 deal is the big game i guess of of, of air
0: you know yeah, he gets the, he, he gets the coin but not the not the quan not
1: you know exactly
0: coin. uh that's interesting it, it, but i think it almost it ties it ends up tying into an, another film that we had kind of batted around a little bit was his Moneyball and in the and then it's like in the you know Moneyball is is uh is really kind of a celebration, like era of nerds who see something. Yep, <laughs> you know, who kind of, who, you know, who just who just have an insight that the jocks don't get. And mean, the, the whole arc of Moneyball is is this general manager who was once a player who wants to who wants to make sure, you know, not never to uh, <laughs> draft or or you know anybody like himself to be able to see to be able to understand. athletes in a different way and uh doing it doing it through statistics and analytics and all of these sort of nerdy things that old school people miss Aaron doesn't quite get into those sorts of weeds it really is about a guy who sees something which is kind of an old school scout thing of just like oh i don't need to look at the i don't need to look at the numbers but but he's at least doing the work of looking at tape and, Mm -hmm. and and analyzing plays the significance of of one moment in particular in scouting Jordan. So it's a, a a celebration of that level of, that type of an, of insight and intelligence, which is, you know, it, which is a little bit different than what, what uh, Jerry Maguire is doing. You know, and it, it's more limited too. I mean, because again, there's just not, there isn't, a, as you say, much interior life to Vaccaro at all. It's really just about what he is able to accomplish in this particular, um, you know, cultural moment.
2: I keep thinking about, is there another level to this movie? And I'm not sure. I'm mean, not not there's anything wrong with with what what we get with with there. and I'm kind of we're veering away from the Jerry Maguire comparison, I guess, with this. But you know, there's that whole monologue about hearing born in the USA and realizing it's not about what you think it's about, right? And then they pointedly choose to play that over the end, which basically I think. Are we supposed to be thinking that perhaps what we just saw this sort of sort of this this very nice celebration of capitalism and and branding and and personal achievement? Are we supposed to like maybe second guess the that and maybe see it on, on a different level? If there is, I can't think of one, but I th- but I certainly feel like that's an invitation to to reflect on what you just saw and wonder if you missed something.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I I would love it if that were the case, but I just I, c- I can't find. it. It so I'm based on my <laughs> based on my, my what I mean, maybe, you know, maybe if I saw it again, or if I could yeah. read my illegible notes a little better, it maybe would come out. But yeah. yeah, I think it's just like it's doing what it's doing. And, and I mean, maybe that is the other level, like it's, you know, it's about an extremely confident player so it's acting like an ex- extremely confident movie you know and mm. like without without shame
2: yeah i just can't help but thinking especially I like to it kind of is jerry Maguire light when you when you look at the, at the points of comparison where it is about how you know endorsements and and financial success legitimize um you know some sort of interior quality of of, of these of these men
1: It's not really telling us anything about the human condition outside of this one story, whereas the the, the love story element of Jerry Maguire is something that, you know, viewers can process through their own lives and their own, you know, personal lens. And there's, for the vast majority of people viewing air, there's not that sort of connection to their own lives, unless they are, like my husband, just a massive Michael Jordan fan with huge nostalgia for him and, you know like he found this movie very moving i think just on a nostalgia level so maybe <laughs> maybe maybe that's the other level too
2: <laughs> or if they're michael jordan i guess but but i mean, that's the same. I, mean yeah. I mean in some ways yeah because cause jerry mcguire i i not to repeat what i started the very good <laughs> podcast but like you know you can set that story in a different world with, with a little bit of reframing because i feel like it is about how to be a legitimately good person uh or you know a caring person and 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 a re- reflective person and this is not that, you know, and and aren't necessarily asking to be compared to Jerry Maguire. We're the one doing that. But but I think in some ways it doesn't necessarily do Air that many favors to 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 hold it up to Jerry Maguire.
0: Yeah, this is what happened at, at, to me, especially during our last pairing of Before Sunrise and mm-hmm. Ryan Lane. It's like, ah, you know, Ryan Lane might have held up okay as a romantic comedy on, on its own terms, but it really shrinks. <laughs> when you're talking about Before Sunrise, which yeah, is, uh, got so much uh, more richness and depth
1: so are 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 we saying they don't make movies like
2: they used to no what i I think we found i I think after however many years we've actually found the flaw in our podcast which is these these classic movies are classic movies for a reason and the new ones haven't like been tested by time yet so yeah i don't know we've
0: had we've had episodes where the where we like the new film As much or more classic, yeah. But uh, but we just happen to run them in these two. They they were where the where the new film is good, but but lacks the depth of the old film. The other thing, too, is that is that Affleck has this very solid, you know, meat and potatoes style as a filmmaker, but but there's a lot of like movie moments and a lot of filmmaking. There's a lot of there's more sophistication and more like memorable imagery and sound, and there's, there's just more to the world of Jerry mcguire than there is to the world of air okay.
2: yeah i kind of feel like crow gets overlooked and his in his prime at least as 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 a, a stylist because I, I feel like you know especially this run jared Maguire, almost famous and and vanilla sky are all you know, very you know st- sharp stylistically
0: for first-rate cinematographers as well
2: you know also you know what, what could have worked as a comparison point for air another movie about many making a shoe uh, maybe called Elizabeth Town. We could have just gone <laughs> and done a different. Yeah, we really did have that thought.
0: We <laughs> forgot about Elizabeth. That but that shoot didn't work
2: out so well. That was a big monster. No. way yeah. even called a fiasco.
0: It was a yeah. fiasco. <laughs> um, well, well, maybe next time we're gonna we should choose just kind of a crummy old film <laughs> to pair with something new. Something yeah.
1: something on the crummy side of classic.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, so Jerry Maguire is streaming on Netflix incredible a movie streaming on netflix and it's available to rent through all the usual services air is currently in theaters but is destined for amazon prime in the nearest future we'll be right back with your next picture show Finally, it's time to recommend a film or film-related item that complements this set of episodes. We call it your next picture show in the hopes that it'll put some interesting choices on your radar. I'll handle this, guy, gang. Please. <laughs> um, well, I wanted to use the opportunity to recommend uh, Gone Baby Gone, which is the which is Ben Affleck's first film as a director, and I think it's still his best film. Uh, this is based on a Dennis Lehane book, and of course, Dennis Lehane uh, another adaptation that Clint Eastwood did of Dennis Lehane book uh, called Mister River got a, a tremendous amount of acclaim and awards attention, but this is a, a a much more modest, lower key film that I like quite a bit more. It is a film that it, that uh, takes advantage of Affleck's Boston roots and um, and it, and it really gets at the the sadness and the the uh, uh, of this story, which which. Um, you know, it it takes place in sort of working class Dorchester. It's, a, it's about this missing person's case, this child that has been abducted. And his mother, uh, who is played really wonderfully by Amy Ryan, uh, is a junkie. Her sister, uh, you know, they've been unsatisfied with the official investigation. So uh, her sister hires a private detective played by Casey Affleck, who... Kind of knows the seedier side of the of the city, the kind of places that you know, the type of people that don't usually, uh, you know, answer questions from the police. And he, he's going to kind of go out and try to try to try to solve this case for her. And uh, and it kind of it, you know gets into the details of this of this case in this area, and it, and it uses uses the procedural as you know good procedurals do, which is to kind of be revealing of the world that they're in. But it's also kind of you know getting into. You know, what kind of situation this child is is would be returning to the, this mother who who loves her son but it also doesn't appear to capable of taking care of her in, in this in this uh detective's place in that story it's got an unbelievable cast uh at harris is particularly good as a police detective uh but morgan freeman's there as a unit chief uh, amy madigan plays uh the mother's aunt and uh she's terrific uh, and of course, Affleck in the middle of the film was quite good too. So, so it, it, it's a film that uh, not enough people saw when it came out, and I, and I think it's—I still think it's uh, Affleck's strongest work. Uh, have you, have you all see this picture?
2: Yeah, I remember when it came out. It was like late in the year, and I thought my top ten list was done. And I'm like, no, I—I I need to find a place for this one. I, I do. I do really like this one a lot, and I think—I think you're right. I think I—I've liked all his films. Uh, no, I think about it, but yeah, this this might be his first one. Might might be his best.
0: So, um, uh, dude, check out Gone Baby Gone if you haven't seen it. Uh, because I, I think a lot of people have seen. You know, the town has got a big following. I mean, I, I, yeah, Argo won Best Picture, but I think this is still the one. So, so give give it a look. that's it for this edition of next picture show we welcome your feedback on jerry mcguire air or anything else film related you'd like to talk about email us at comments at next dot net or leave us a voicemail at 773-234-9730 before we close out this week's episode where can we find everyone these days Genevieve Koski?
1: i am the tv editor at vulture and i am I guess occasionally looking at twitter but not really posting on twitter at at genevieve kosky and uh oh uh, you know I'll, I'll throw it out there i'm also on instagram at genevieve kosky and sometimes you know i put pictures of my dogs or my garden on there so if that if that's interesting to you it's over there <laughs>
2: keith how about you uh good dogs that's what i say good good dogs you got on instagram <laughs> um i'm a freelance writer um i'm i am on twitter at kfips 3000 and i link to my work there, although I haven't even been doing that lately. Twitter, man, it's rough. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but you can, you, can you guys, we're going to lose our blue check marks by the by the time this I comes out. We I probably won't I have you our, our blue check marks anymore.
2: I don't <laughs> care. I just don't care. I don't care anymore. I, I, oop, I, oop. But anyway, uh, you can find I write places like 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 Vulture and and GQ and The Ringer and TV Guide and uh, a lot of time. Most significantly, I think at uh, the, the at the reveal, which is the uh, the uh, newsletter I, I write with my my friend Scott Tobias, who you might know from the Next Picture Show podcast. Uh, and you can read that at the reveal.substack.com. Uh, we're doing some fun stuff over there. Uh, if you like what Scott and I do on the show and just don't want any Genevieve Kosky or Tasha Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good place to go. Oh, it's i one, sorry. No. Uh uh it's no no it's, it's, it's understandable. scott <laughs> get, get, get us out of here.
0: Uh yeah, so so you can find me on Twitter. I'm still I'm fighting I'm fighting the fight there at Scott underscore that's what I wanna do. I wanna do that. I wanna that's what I want from a social media fight. it's
1: go down fighting on social So
0: like why? Why am I doing this? Um <laughs> and I also I'm also on Instagram though, though I mostly uh, check the site at la, la, Ladybird the Horgie uh, <laughs> to look at other dog and other uh, the other dogs of Instagram and you uh, can find my work at the New York Times you can find my work in Vulture uh, where I'm currently pouring through Succession. And, uh, uh, man, people read, people read that stuff, don't they? And then, uh, <laughs> it's really a lot of pressure.
1: Scott, don't, don't, don't worry. We're, we're publishing like about 20 articles you re- you a, really a succession. So you're the not zone. the only one holding it up.
0: Flooding the zone. <laughs> um, our absent co-host Tasha Robinson, uh, can be found on Twitter at Tasha Robinson. She is also the film and streaming editor at Polygon. Can stay updated on the next picture show at next picture show.net and on twitter at next picture pod get bonus content and open discussion at patreon.com slash next picture show and as always we appreciate your ratings and reviews on apple podcasts or wherever you listen to the show thanks to dan the bake jakes for his assistance producing this podcast the next picture show is proud to be part of the film spotting family of podcasts please tune in next time